Welcome to the Metapod, the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. This is going to be a little bit interesting of an episode for those of you maybe on the the Spotify watch or the uh, YouTube as well in the YouTube video. You may notice that my usual partner, Gyro Sean, is not here today. He's He's like kind of here, but he's not really here. We actually have a very interesting episode today. The first part of it is just going to be me talking about some of the Pokemon trading card game news as we usually do. But then later in the episode, we have a fun exclusive interview with one of our friends in the Pokemon TCG community. That's really, really cool. I think it's an aspect that we haven't really touched on yet with the interviews that we've done variously throughout the time. Um, of the Metapod podcast, but if you're here, I super appreciate you watching, listening, anything that you do. But before we get into anything, any of the news, whether that's the product news or some of the competitive news and the interview as well that I mentioned, we got to talk about the lovely reviews of the Metapod podcast. So make sure again, if you like what we're doing, maybe if you don't like what we're doing, leave us a review leave us a rating whether that's on apple spotify leaving a youtube comment a nice comment or anything of the sort let us know how we're doing it helps out the channel a lot and well i can't tell you to leave a five-star review but we do read the five-star reviews on this podcast and that's what we're about to do right now now this is going to be a short and sweet review the title of this review is just fire emojis you all know that it's good when it's just fire emojis. The review is left by Pippa Mota. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. I apologize if I didn't. Y'all know me on this podcast. Very bad with English. Five stars, hot and humid with a couple laughing emojis. Keep up the good content. Wonderful podcast. Thank you so much for the excellent, excellent review. But now we're going to be getting into the meat and potatoes of this Pokemon trading card game podcast, starting off talking about the Cleaver V-Star Premium Collection. Now, this news was actually released a couple days, or I mean, a couple weeks ago, actually. Um, but with all of the regionals and stuff, we didn't really get around to it. But over on may 27 that's when this is going to come out you are going to get the opportunity to buy a cleaver v-star premium collection box now the cleaver v-star premium collection box has a bunch of different things inside of it including two promos a jumbo card a couple coins and a v-star marker so the v-star marker very very good and v-star power mechanic is now a new thing in the pokemon trading card game relatively new and a lot of great decks right now in the pokemon trading card format use the v-star power whether that's the arceus v-star power whimsicott y'all know i love the whimsicott deck that we showed off in previous podcast videos etc etc and it's going to keep building on that knowing different things are coming in astral radiance now you're going to be getting two promos like i said earlier you're going to cleaver v star just a regular cleaver v star art but then also you're going to get a cleaver v full art which is very very cool i like how pokemon lately has started putting full art promos in these different collection boxes that we've seen as of late i feel like more often than not now we're getting like full art v's and then just regular v stars which i think is kind of more bang for your buck and also is really really good this is going to be 40 dollars usd that's what you're gonna come out of it the uh the uk version is a little bit different including no metallic coin or one less packs but it's going to be 38 over in the uk so shout out to pokey guardian for producing this article and then also playscape games for mentioning the uk version of this but it's very interesting i mean we've seen the same thing with uh lucario v-star premium collection which we talked about the other week here on this podcast and i don't i mean i hope they keep doing this it's very very fun it's very very cool and i like the idea actually i'm sorry i misspoke there's actually a coin in here and then also a pin this is actually looking like a pin and if you've heard sean talk about the pokemon pins they are very very high quality so very excited to potentially get this again i love the pins i think cleaver is a really really cool pokemon the full rv looks much better than the regular rv in my opinion 
and uh who knows maybe sean will do a little battle it does come with like six packs in it or so i believe it's what it's called i don't think pokey guardian lists the amount of packs that you get inside of it um but it does look like you're gonna get some brilliant stars type of stuff fusion strike in there so some of the newer sets i would say of the pokemon trading card game so if you haven't really gotten all your fusion strike cards or brilliant star cards that you want whether that's collecting or competitively there's your opportunity to be able to get what you want just in case you don't know exactly what cleaver v-star does it's a fighting type v-star pokemon 270 hp the first attack for fighting and colorless trust me i know i'm covering it up a little bit is brack break axe say that five times fast break axe 120 damage does 60 to one of your opponent's benched pokemon v so this could be really cool in setup damage be very very nice but also with the v star power fighting energy just v star power again you can only use once per game does 30 times damage this attack does 30 damage for each pokemon in your discard pile again it's worth two prizes could be very very cool in my personal opinion um the 120 in terms of the first attack is not the best but you can manipulate it a little bit to knock out a rcs v star with a big charm even because 120 times 2 is 240 you put a choice belt on that that's basically 60 extra damage on a v star totaling uh, 300 yeah i was gonna say i mathed it out earlier in my head so all you need is something like a zigzagoon ping or possibly an inteleon quick shooting to be able to knock out a rcs v star probably preferably the uh the zigzagoon because you're probably trying to do this as soon as possible but very very cool there's some other cards that were announced at the same time as this v-star including machamp v max but i will just focus on cleaver right now we've also learned recently this is much more recent news that gamestop is going to be giving a typhlosion promo for astral radiance so they've done these promos in the past i wouldn't say that the gamestop promos are anything spectacular in the past if you buy a certain amount of product in this case it will be $15 USD of Pokemon TCG merchandise on May 27th and beyond until supplies last. What they will do is they'll just have like a, a black GameStop stamp. I mean, I, I can't even call it a logo because it's just like text. It's, it's fine. I mean, it's a cool promo if you're going in and you're buying like an ETB or a Cleaver V-Star collection because this does come out on that same day you'll be able to get one of these and you know what i love freebies i think freebies are nice out of the ordinary um collecting promos is always cool i know a lot of people like okay j love have been talking about collecting promos as of late and typhlosion i mean if you do not know it gets a new form in uh legends arceus which i think we talked about on the podcast already but very very cool we haven't had one of these like gamestop promos in the last couple sets last one being duraludon from evolving skies over in this past august and we've also seen ones i think we talked a lot about when they first started the flapple um i can't remember what set that was it was probably around like rebel clash or something around that time but I remember that was kind of the Senna Scorch was actually the first one in like Sword and Shield base set, but it didn't even have a stamp on it. It was just like a regular Senna Scorch rare that you would get in a pack when you whiffed a V or V V Max or something like that. And then uh, all of a sudden, the next one I think it was they came out with the Flapple with the stamp. So I'm glad they're at least putting stamps on this again. You know freebies it's not hard to spend 15 dollars in the pokemon trading card game especially with boxes and stuff so again grab this promo if you like this typhlosion card is cool in my opinion it looks very very nice i wish it wouldn't have yellow borders in the english version but i digress on that space juggler and time gazer a couple weeks ago fully released their set i don't want to talk about this set too much because sean is not here right now sean is on a trip and so i want him to uh i want him to experience and talk about the cards alongside me i don't know maybe we can make an extra video 
talking about some of our favorite arts from these two Japanese sets that will eventually make their way into America for the most part because there's some beautiful cards in here. There's some wonderful, wonderful, beautiful cards. And also, there's a lot of really, really cool uh, Pokemon mechanics stuff in the trading card game about how these cards are going to affect the meta. And then one other thing I don't want to do without Sean the Pokemon 2022 TCG Illustration Contest. You may have heard us talk about that way, 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 way a long, long time ago. It was open from October 12th to January 31st, and I think we probably talked about it probably before it came out in the like October portion. The entries were closed, and they actually went through all 11,000 almost entries of people submitting arts of potential pokemon cards and uh, they made their top 300 entries for the illustration contest so again there's a lot of lot of beautiful ones pokey beach has an excellent uh article on their website showcasing all of these different arts i believe pokey guardian has one as well but I don't know. I think I would want to wait again to uh, Sean and I being able to talk about them together. So that one we'd probably do in an extra episode. If you know on YouTube, we put out an extra episode recently and we're thinking about doing more in the future. So this is, again, one of those ideas looking at these different entries. There's a lot of beautiful ones. You may have seen some people's favorites over on Twitter and even some people that didn't make the top 300. So shout out to everybody that made this top 300. Even if you didn't make the top 300, your art I'm sure looks absolutely fantastic and wonderful. But the last thing that we wanna talk about, or maybe I wanna talk about, I guess, cause Sean's not here, is the Indianapolis TCG Regional Championship registration opened up. Well, it was earlier today at the time of this recording being on Monday. Now, unfortunately, you may be seeing this on Spotify or um, whatchamacallit, YouTube. The tournament maximum capacity for the Masters division has been reached. So I don't believe there's been an announcement saying that there will be more seats available. If you do not know through like EUIC, the European International Championships, there was more, there was like three more waves of tickets that opened up to sign up and register for the event. So it wouldn't surprise me just based on that alone if indianapolis were to get more seats for the event now i've never been to a pokemon event at the indiana convention center those of you that know the metapod podcast lore know that i spent like six years in indianapolis up until very recently moving down to another state so i can't tell you if the thousand people it's about it's a little under a thousand people that registered for masters in general i can't tell you if that is going to be like available for more room like if you can expect more room i know that there are certain regulations especially with covid still running rampant in the world that i mean you need to be wary about so hopefully it is available in the future hopefully more tickets pop up because i don't know anybody personally that missed out on signing up for me personally you may think oh jake you missed out on signing up because well you've reached maximum capacity i unfortunately cannot go i know i said i wanted to go originally but some things have happened at work i can't talk about them yet some things have happened and uh i'm gonna be busy that monday i have a huge like espies type event for those of you who have seen the espies is basically like a sports award show i have that basically on the monday after the indianapolis regional so i need to make sure that i'm available that weekend to get any and all of the last second work that needs to be done because let's just be honest for anybody who's ever planned events before you know that something's gonna go wrong at the last minute and you gotta you know scramble around to prepare for it but I just wanted to let everyone know about the registration. Make sure also that, you know, whether you follow the refund policy because of COVID-19, remember that there are COVID rules 
in terms of being able to play so make sure that you're vaccinated make sure that you follow all of the guidelines and are aware of them um rk9 is the one who is tying and kind of taking it over and so hopefully if you're able to sign up for it you can but the last thing that we want to talk about that's enough of me blabbing the well i guess this is coming up is actually the meat and potatoes of today's podcast sean actually during his trip was able to do a incredible awesome wonderful sit down conversations with one of our friends senior doom in the pokemon trading card game community a lot of you may know who that is they're a very popular figure part of team carps and rats excellent excellent person wonderful artist as well actually did the metapod tcg playmat that we gave out a while ago as tournament prizing so excellent excellent interview i hope you enjoy that and uh i'll see you in a hot minute and uh if it works then amazing and if it doesn't work then uh, whatever we'll, we'll figure, <laughs> figure it out figure it out right we'll come back and post and redub it yeah we actually <laughs> dub ourselves like an anime we um, can we can make it more fun i can dub you and you can dub me exactly <laughs> it works everybody's like wait those the voice doesn't match this okay jake this is uh sort of a little edit mark for you I don't know why I'm clapping that way as if the mic, anyway. <laughs> Hello, and uh, welcome to the Metapod, the Pokemon podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. I did it this time, Jake. I got it. Um, but yeah, as you can see, any of the eagle-eyed viewers and probably the eagle-eared listeners, I don't know if eagle-eared is a thing, but... <laughs> I assume so. <laughs> I assume so. The eagle-eared listeners will probably note that this sounds a little different, and that's because I am in... Seattle right now at Tabletop Village, which is the home of uh, Zach Roy, who is joining me today. Um, and they have graciously let us use the back room with a giant bearskin rug, which <laughs> it's, it was the greatest thing we walked into. <laughs> yes. I was like, okay, of course we're going to set up so we get some of this bearskin rug in the, in the shot. But anyways, Zach is joining me today to talk about art, Pokemon art. We'll probably jump around, but uh, you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, um, my name is Zach Roy. I'm a professional illustrator of almost 20 years. Um, I currently am all over the place. I draw, I just illustrate a lot. I stream, I stream illustrating. Um, and I, yeah, it's the easiest way to put it is old man. So. <laughs> old man draws at clouds. Yes. <laughs> um, those of you, you probably are familiar with Zach's work from a variety of places. If you're if you've been in either the Pokemon or the Digimon scene for, you know, a little bit of time now, like Zach obviously did the playmats that we got for Metapod, which we mm. need to do more tournaments to give away, <laughs> to be frank. To be but frank. I, I need to. Yeah. It is my, actually my personal playmat right now. Oh, nice. So Very nice. I've got a nice rotation. This is the one that's in rotation for the two games a month that maybe I get to play right now. I but. know. I haven't been playing nearly enough Pokemon. I don't play online and the IRL scene and... New York is not quite back yet. Yeah, it's getting there, getting getting there here. Yeah. Which now it's just a matter of getting the cards to be able to play at least a nice level. Yeah. I mean, there's a game, there's like a tournament happening tonight, and Zach was like, I don't really have a deck built of oh. physical cards yet. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I've got Rapid Strike Urshifu. Is that, that still viable? It won a tournament. It just did win a tournament. It did win European. Yeah. So, but, I mean, like, it is if you are like... I, you know, mega brain. <laughs> but I was, I was two and eighteen practicing it. So. Oh, you practice Robin's list yes. specifically. Oh my god! I, it was so big brained and out there. Oh. I'm like, I'm not bringing this to anywhere yet. I thought about building that because that's one of the few decks I have like all the cards for already. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I, I, I have not been playing enough Pokemon to pilot that deck properly. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, and the other ones I have an Italian deck built, but mm. I thought it was the Rapid Strike Italian I bought. It was not. It was the ba the Sword and Shield one. Mm -hmm. So completely differently functioning deck. Oh. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't work the way I thought it was supposed <laughs> to work. It's the bench sniping one, but not the damage counter version. Right. Yeah. I actually, so the deck I have uh, is an Arceus Inteleon deck that has Inteleon VMAX, but that one. Because I don't have, I don't have four Arceus V and three V-Star. I have a three, two. So I was like, <laughs> Eh, we'll just throw so these in here. Get, get it in there. It still right. works. I mean, I, I used to play a Malamar deck back in Sun and Moon that ran only three Malamars with a, um, Dawn Wings and the Crozma because I only had three Malamars. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, 
This is what I got. We'll make it work. It worked. I won a couple of League Cups with it. I mean, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. I've never won a League Cup, to be frank, so that's big. So I'm like, yeah, this works. <laughs> but it helped. I was in a very Buzzwell heavy meta. Uh, so okay. they're sitting there like, oh, yeah, so here I go. I come in, and I'm like, I want to shot you. I'm like, ooh, that's not fun for me. <laughs> So, yeah, um, but Zach obviously did this playmat. He's also done a lot of the um, design and art for Kevin and Azul's team, Carpe D's Rats. Is that still a thing? I assume it, it is. It still is. We yeah. still hang out. We still do things. Uh, our Twitter is still active. So Okay, that's good. We, we haven't held an event in a while, but uh, we're, due, we're due up. Yes, so. and the Magikarp playmat that you designed for them choice which you can buy i'm going to whistle I mean, yeah, at zachroy.com slash shop that magic heart play mat is available just not the shiny version yeah well because that's like that's the champion that's, that's right the, yeah that's the champions mat yeah um i'll put a link to that in the podcast description for those of you who are interested um but yeah uh talking about art um i guess the first thing i i wanted to say like how did you get into designing for like Pokemon related things to begin with? Well, we have to go all the way back to when Pokemon started. Okay. I was looking at a Nintendo Power and they had this whole big thing about Pokemon. I'd played the games mm -hmm. and I saw a picture, of, a picture of Pikachu and I'm like, you know what, I can draw that. I was already kind of drawing and messing around with anime kind of stuff, you know? I was like 12, 13, 14 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. Dating That's, ourselves. Dating ourselves really bad here. <laughs> That's what I mean, old man. Uh, so I, I drew it, and then I'm like, oh, okay, let's keep drawing. I kept going through and drawing from the cards and so forth. And it kind of actually led more into, like, just learning how to illustrate better and arts. Mm. And then I got into a whole bunch of other things. And then I've kind of come back to it naturally as time goes on. Like, it's just been waves. And mm. now I've been working for so long. I've developed my own style. I've developed my own, my own like, techniques and everything else that I, I've come back. And now I, I want to put that art out there. Yeah. I think that your style especially, like, between both Digimon and Pokemon is very recognizable. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Magikarp playmat and this playmat, although they are different, like, styles from, like, a this kind of resembles a national park aesthetic, which was yes. what I asked of you. But you'd also designed, the way I found it, you designed some stickers and things that also reminded me of national park badges. Yes, that was a series I started and then... I completely forgot about it and mm -hmm. fell, off, fell off because um, I, I was hitting a wall with the with Gen 5. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I'll come back to it. And then that was, was like a year later. <laughs> Oops. But I will say, that's what drew me to like asking you to design this playmat. Was like, yeah. I saw, because you did like, you did like a Bolton deck, like little icon. You did a Dragapult deck icon, which yeah. was, oh, they were so good. If you haven't seen these. Yeah, uh, the Bolton deck was like based off the Metal Gear Solid reference of Diamond Dogs, uh, okay, yeah. which in itself is a reference to David Bowie, which I'm like, I love David Bowie, so yeah, we just moved down the line. <laughs> and then Dragapult was taking, uh, actually, Judas Priest screaming for vengeance. Oh, interesting. And I took that as kind of the basis, and I messed around getting Dragapult zooming in. Yeah. And I, so... This is like all over my head. I don't know. These references, I'm just like, it just look cool to me. I'm like, that's dope. <laughs> And I looked at your other work, and I'm like, that's dope. Okay, I want to reach out and find like a good artist <laughs> to bring some of these ideas to life. Um, I guess in terms of art, and feel free to help to steer this conversation anyway oh, you're no. interested. But speaking of Pokemon in general, what um, <laughs> is there a um, style of like Pokemon art over the years, like uh, an era that you, that you like the most? I would have to actually say recent era. Okay. I think part of it is because they've like delved in and just given so many artists a chance. Yeah. And it's it's become a little bit more expansive. Um, like my favorite artist right now, is, right now, so I'll probably butcher his name is Haganasuki. Okay. <laughs> if you know him, he did uh, Jirachi from Team Up, Stellar Wish. Oh yes. Jirachi, that's probably like I think his highest priced card right now. He's also done like the new um, Hoot Hoot uh, character card. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that one. It's like, did that come out with um, Brilliant Stars? No, it's an upcoming set. Oh, okay. It's the Astral Radiance character rare. Or yeah, it's where it's like a monk in the, in the mountains. Oh, yes, yes. Or, uh, oh, what's the other one? Another one, good one. Uh, Remoraid, Rapid Strike Remoraid. Oh, yes. So he's like, like balancing on the rock? Yeah, he's like spinning the rock up and you can see yes. the artillery in the background. That's another one. Like, he really is like 
what then like the artists just draw me back in but there's so many and it's become like my favorite era okay. because it's just we we're hitting this new stride and also with like new printing techniques we've been i think pokemon's been able to really experiment that's why we're getting these full character cards and yeah. things coming to the borders and how they cut and print and it's excited me because otherwise like i would usually fall back to about neogenesis yeah, I mean, the Neo Genesis stuff is gorgeous, right? And I think some of the e-reader stuff is also can be very pretty. Like the e-reader e stuff actually is, especially the energy, yeah. this is actually something you can uh, use it when you're playing. Because of the extra bars on it, if you're searching through your deck quickly, you can count your energy quicker because oh. of those bars. If that's the only kind of card you're using. That has like a different border to yeah. the rest of the cards in a deck. Yeah, using your borders to your efficiency, this is like a designer thing. Like I've been able to play faster especially like in close games, like where I know where, oh yeah, I got, I got best of three, we're one, one, we've got 15 minutes left. I like, that's a nice pro tip for anybody out there going to regionals. If, are, are e-reader energies pretty expensive? Or are they like, they're actually so fairly bad? inexpensive if I remember right. Okay, so it's not like the heart gold foil energies or whatever. Like, no, no. Just, yeah, uh, pro tip, uh, you can search your energies faster at, at regionals if you <laughs> buy the e-reader ones. And if you need still a thicker border, uh, base set, which are also very mm. fairly inexpensive. Yeah. They have a thicker yellow border than any other energy set. Yes. Everything from about, I think, Neo Destiny's downward has a thicker border. Yeah. So yeah. again, you still have a slightly thicker border to be able to search through, find what you need, and that's a good way to get your energy counts. And that's I, one less thing to worry about. Yeah, I do like that the energies from all generations are technically legal. Yes. Like, they don't let you use Japanese energy. Me and Jake no. are both like, Oh, there are some the great Japanese. Oh, so good. <laughs> I have a whole rant coming up. I'm recording about the borders yeah. and why I, why I won't see a change. I was not going to go into it here because I don't, I'm not giving away all my content. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the, the new art style, obviously people have nostalgia for the old stuff, but I would agree with you. I think both the fact that, I think a positive and a negative of the sets being so large mm -hmm. from a collector standpoint, the negative is that you get a lot of filler card. Exactly. It's hard to collect oh. the full sets, but to your point, it does give a lot more artists the opportunity to like design. Yeah. And they get to go work through with like, maybe you get Pokemon who never, who don't have a lot of cards. Uh, Badoof actually came up. Yeah. I'm using Bibarel in, in certain decks. I was looking through, I'm like, oh, this Bidoof art's kind of cool. Maybe there's another one or another attack. I look it up and I was like, yeah, there hasn't been a Bidoof since like XY era. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I might be wrong. It might, there might be a Sun and Moon one. It's probably a random Bidoof somewhere, somewhere. Somewhere in that set, but it was like XY or something like that. I'm like, oh, so I guess I got to use this Bidoof. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, and you go. With the... Yeah. I mean, like, but yeah, all the different character rares that they do. Um, the various designs they have for that. And the one thing I will give Pokemon a lot of credit for versus, I would say, their main competitor, which is Magic, like Watsi, right. Magic Foils and Magic Extended Arts are awful. The printing is... is it's horrible. If you, um, there's one thing I always talk about is always check the company's job listings. Mm. Watsi, Wizards, however you want to call them, they are constantly looking for art directors. And I think they're turning through them like extremely fast yeah and that's that could be a good or bad sign mm -hmm. it could be good because you could also be the same thing oh hey they're expanding here they're coming or it could be bad that they're burning through it and that's affecting the quality of the product yeah i mean i think it's it, it probably has something to do with hasbro a little bit a little bit just a little bit and also like the weird aspect is like for those of you who don't like collect magic cards or play magic it's always baffled me that the ostensibly biggest card game from like a player base standpoint hasn't invested in the technology from a printing standpoint to do like texture and to do like you know different layers of foil the way that pokemon and even like digimon and others do i wonder if they're not able to get the same printers as pokemon like how they're out how they outsource them yeah so that's a possibility or they they're printing it in-house themselves somewhere they might be. Or it might, may also be a cost thing, right? Right. They print so much, and then they're yeah. just, we got to cut costs somewhere. Well, yeah. This is where we cut it. And then, like, you know, I'm sure, you know, again, looking at that bottom line, not that the Pokemon company isn't worried about their bottom line, mm -hmm. but, like, the Wizards has Hasbro above them saying, your profit margins need to be X. Yeah. Exactly. It's wild. But, 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of like art, uh, trying to transition here. Um, are, what are your favorite cards currently right now? I know you mentioned like your favorite artist is the person who did the Jirachi. Are there any like art cards either coming out in the next set or that just came out that you're like, this is the peak, this is the pinnacle? Nothing I've seen yet. I usually keep myself a little spoiler free, free from the next set. Like I, I, I get things coming through. You can't, mm. you can't dodge it. But I wait because I like to open the packs and then I go through and I go, well, this one looks like a middle school schooler, right? <laughs> this one's amazing. Oh my God, this is great. Oh God, what happened with this one? Oh, this is stock art. Here's this amazing thing. I go through and like talk about it. And I, I try not to taint my expectations ahead of time. That's fair. Like because of that, I was able to find a, uh, uh, Caterpie card from um, not the set, the Fusion Strike that was done by uh, Arita. Okay. I, I believe it was Arita. It's an amazing Caterpie card. Oh, uh, wow. Most people just throw in the bulk. Yeah. But because I'm sitting here, I'm spending the time, I'm slowly going through, I'm looking at the arts, I'm critiquing the arts. I found it and I'm like, this is it. it. <laughs> this is the card. I even tweeted it out. Arita picked it up, retweeted it. People oh, like, that's awesome. People were like, oh. And he's like, yeah, I worked really hard on this card. And it was like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you did. This thing just nails. It just nails everything. It's like beautifully. It's a beautiful composition. The rendering is amazing. It's like he poured his heart into a common card. That's amazing. Like just yeah, I I like because I have no idea what this card is. I need to like look it up now. Yeah, Caterpie Fusion Strike. Okay, it's like yeah, it, you don't think about like those common cards. Like you know, to your point, most players and even a lot of collectors are like bulk, right? Right. But then Arita's over here like, no, you gave me a Caterpie. <laughs> And I turned it into a Charizard. <laughs> yeah, and it's an amazing card. Yeah. And then you get also some of the little stories you get through it. Like, uh, there's one on my own my own stream. Um, mute me if I can't swear here a little bit. It's not really a swear. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we call it Asshole Joltik. Okay. It's a if you look it up, Joltik steals energy, and this guy's Joltik is sitting by a power strip with a whole bunch of phone chargers, <laughs> touching the power strip. And it's another one of those cards you don't you don't expect to look at because it's a common. Yeah. And he's sitting there, he's, that's how he gets his energy. He steals it from everyone. I'm like, there's a whole bunch of dead phones here now. <laughs> what a little asshole. And then it's, there we go. New thing. And in that same set, there's a Galavantula. It's not that good. <laughs> it's like not a good card. Nobody's playing it. Nobody's playing it, and nobody's looking at the art for it. it this is where we came up with the term middle school Galavantula. Mm -hmm. So that one set like helped define, like, okay, Commons can have good art, but uncommons at the same time can be pretty bad. Pretty bad. It's like they're the same set, so you'd think, you know, it's almost like you, you'd hope that we give the artist the full line if it's coming yeah. out in the same set. But it rarely happens. Yeah. I think some of the notable ones are like Embor, where you can see it like grow with the family, mm -hmm. or Charizard, where it grows with the trainer. Those are like the same artists through. Those are great. Or you get ones where you get like, uh, I don't remember. I think it might be Fusion Strike. It might have been the set before also where they took the same background and just had Pokemon running through it in different ways. But you can tell what order they ran through it because there's footprints on the first one. Oh, or like cool. Smeargle comes through and you can see where the Smeargle paint trail comes. And then Eldegoss comes through and there's all these little set seedlings. And, but the cool. paint trail and the footprints are still there. And then you see like Meowth show up and do Meowth stuff. And like, <laughs> Well, I think they did a similar concept for the... Um, the scream painting Japanese promos. Yes. Where like they actually like you had like one that, I don't remember the order, but like you could kind of see that like one was <laughs> happening after the other. Yeah, I think it went like Pikachu and then Mimikyu was in the back and then it was Mimikyu and I want to say Wobbuffet was behind him. Something, and then yeah, like yeah. Psyduck was behind Wobbuffet. Like it just kept working its way 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 through. Yeah, I love that about a lot of like art in Pokemon. So like any of the listeners out there, if you're opening up random packs that you're like it's mostly garbage. Just spend some time looking at the art and see if you can find a story. Yeah. There's uh, one with um, uh, Cosmic Eclipse. There's uh, the statues of Arceus, Dialga, and Palkia that are in the museum card. You can see the broken remnants of them in three oh. other cards. That's cool. I don't remember the three cards. There's some people in my chat are going to scream <laughs> at me going, I've told you what those cards are. Over and over and over. There's a lot of cards to remember. A lot of cards to remember, but there's three of them in there. You can see the statues and how they kind of break together and fit together, and then you can go to the Altar ADP, which ADP is a curse anyways, but... <laughs> it's a separate... We've <laughs> separate about thing. that. separate thing. Uh, you can see the statue and then, like, the, the barrier around it and, like, the people in the, in the museum looking at it. Oh, 
Oh, that's cool. That like, I don't spend enough time looking at the comments. I'm just gonna say it right now. Um, but I might spend more time. It's worth worth a look. At worst, just go. Uh, it's like PokemonCards.net as was like PKMN. I would need my browser to double check mm -hmm. it. It's most some people might already know it. They're very extensive, and you can even search by artist. Okay. So you can go and find an artist, and they'll show you every single card they've illustrated. That's only been released up in English. They don't do anything past English yeah. releases. So I mean, it's I'm sort of asking, like putting you on the spot here. Is that a thing that you would maybe do videos or on? Do you do that on stream? Like talk about when you find like collections of interesting art from a set? Yes. Okay. I usually what I'll do when a set launches the first first day it's on PTCGO, not PTCGL. Whole different beast. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Whole, whole different beast. I'll open the packs raw. I'll usually open about 200 packs on stream. Okay. That usually gets you through every single common and uncommon. I would and hope so. Jesus. You sit there, and I talk about which ones I like and which ones I hate, and like what what makes it good. And then if we get like an altar, it's a great moment. Like we hit yeah. there, everyone everyone always cheers. Like, Yay! <laughs> and then we talk about that one. And so I've done it, and that that started because someone asked me to review the entire Cosmic Eclipse set. And one sitting, and they dropped some gift subs or something. I said, you know what? Money's money. I'll just go ahead and do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat through the whole set, and I watched people kept coming in. Yeah. And it was like, wow, okay. Maybe I, I maybe I, I, there's something there. There's people want to hear about the art. I mean, yeah. I think compared to like almost every other card game, I know Magic has a deep lore, but I don't think that that lore typically comes through as strongly in art. Right. And that's something Pokemon does really well. Yeah. Because ma Magic has its house style, and I think that's where you lose some of the story. Because like if they try to do something lighthearted, it doesn't always feel as lighthearted. Yeah, unless it's one of their unsets, which now we're getting into like, like a deep whole magic different yeah, for their secret layers. Yeah, I would love an unset for Pokemon though. Just oh one that would be so much fun. I mean, I'll just say this: like I want to know your thoughts on this. I would also love for Pokemon to do something like collector boosters, or like the secret layers. Or, I mean, Secret Lays would also be very cool, Well, right? they, they've kind of done that already with the Japanese stuff, like the Japanese uh, Cramorant and Pikachu that's done in the Japanese uh, oh. Umi style kind of thing. I think it's Umi. I, I'm not was sure. Is that for, like, is that like a promo they did within, like, with um, the mail service or something? Or? Yeah. yeah. Like, that, those, those kind of promos in, in the screen promos. Yeah. Like, those are perfect examples of what they, I would hope they would bring to other countries. Yeah, they, they just don't do that for English, though. Like, no. all the promos just are kind of Japanese. So I guess if you really want to be a deep, you know, promo collector, yeah. like, you got you to gotta collect Japanese. Yes, I'm trying to get that crammer at myself. I missed the initial, and then now I'm paying for it. But <laughs> in time, I'll get it. Crammer at's my favorite of this generation. Yeah. He was my submission for the Pokemon Illustration Contest. Yeah. I meant to throw in three. I... Made one, made it into a playmat because I wasn't happy with it. And then I made another, and I can't go posting it on social media until June. Until they, like, decide one way or the other? Right. Yeah. There's a couple artists who released theirs. They came, got real popular with it. Mm -hmm. Like, a whole bunch of likes, tweets, whatever. And then they uh, they're, they're banned from the contest. Oh, wow. At least that submission was. Not, not entirely. Yeah. So they're like, no, that one you submitted is cool. But no. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm sure they have some like rules about like, I, I also partly, I think they don't want to be harassed by fans to like print that specific card. Yes. So kind of get it. But I did like the Cramorant art that you yeah. did. I liked it and I regretted it. Regretted not submitting that. Yeah. But I, I think the one I submitted will be, it's pretty good as well. Okay. So. I'm excited in June. Like, you know, set my, set your calendar two months from now. Hopefully it gets announced as one of the cards. That would be nice. At least, at least get me through the first round. I would yeah. be happy with that. I think we can detour over to PTCG Live. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Deep breath. Um, Deep breath here. I know that Zach also does a lot of like, you do like UX, UI kind of web design. Yeah. Br yeah. Uh, branding. Uh, yes. Whole bunch, anything that was needed. Um, I have always based my, my professional career on everything's explorable and I want to do everything. Yeah. So if I need to learn branding, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn how to brand. If I need to learn how to do a UX like breakdown and go through all the testing and everything else, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, so your thoughts then as a designer, I know everybody has pretty strong opinions at this point. Me and Jake, when we first saw PTCG Live, our initial thought was, Boy, howdy, that's a lot of blank space. What are your thoughts, both 
initial when, and having played it? My th first thoughts were, I want to wait. I wanted to hold back. I wanted mm -hmm. to see it in motion a little bit more and play with it. But mine was, this looks generic. Yeah. I, I was like, there's not, there's so much more there. And I sat on it. And mm -hmm. then the beta came out. And then I started watching it. And I'm like, this is really poor for content. I can't tell, I can't tell what's going on. And I'm like, okay. I kept sitting on it. I kept stirring. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to jump in yet. I don't want to jump in yet. And then recently, the bugs came out, and then more, and the play yeah. got worse. And people, everyone was talking about it. And then they started bringing up the design of it. I'm like, okay, now I need to look at this. <laughs> what, what's going on? And so I, I, I broke it down. I broke it down, and I broke down what a basic game of Pokemon should lay out without going and try to fit it onto like a 1920 by 1080 screen, because that's just a basic Yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a 16 by nine. Right. You know, that's your case. That's, 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 a, that's a good, good decent size to start off. We're gonna have a thousand different sizes. You're gonna have more than that, but let's, let's see what the base of this is, how, how, how we wanna work from there. And I was able to lay out the field. Yeah. I'm like, okay, here we go. I had all the cards that specific size and made everything accessibility wise, and it filled out the space a little bit more. And there was still some, some empty space because that's what happens. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, this isn't taking full advantage of that. I felt like it was designed not for a widescreen, like like a playmat. A playmat yeah. is white. The playfield is white. It was just, just designed for something going this way. Which even then, you could do that, but you're going to lose a lot of space coming in. Yeah, out. But it's a it's a thing, and I think I think they're most people are going to play one handed on mobile. On probably. mobile. So the, like, it was great that they went that way. And the mobile game version runs and runs well. And UX-wise, design-wise, it's better. Yeah. But on the desktop, it doesn't feel that way. And then on top of it, go back to the generic comment, there's so much within the world of Pokemon they could draw from. I don't know why just hexagons. Yeah. I mean, it feels like... If I had to guess where they're drawing their inspiration from... I think part of it is when you look at the field in the Dynamax stadiums of the Sword and Shield games, mm. it is sort of that like pseudo digital clean, you know, line mm. feel. But in reality, I'm like, what people love about Pokemon, like look at Pokemon Cafe, right? Right. Like that. Yeah. The art in that is amazing. Yeah. The art is gorgeous. And it's, it's what I don't really know the game, but it's basically like a match, a tie, like a, yeah. a matching game. It's like basic. But they've like they know that people are drawn to that specific version because it's the Pokemon aesthetic, right? And like looking at it, and like I I do know some game development. I, I did game development for college, then I completely failed, never getting a job in it, and pivoted. Mm -hmm. Nothing there, but the, 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 some of the stuff from it still still I still keep up with. Um, like I, I don't know what more they could push. Like there was an idea that I I, I talked I've talked about. There's an idea I've seen some other people talking in it. Why not start with like a plain gray field with just a simple field lines? Mm -hmm. And then, because you have that hexagon stuff in it, it would be great. Like, you treat it like a digital screen, put down, say, Path to the Peak, the whole thing becomes a snow covered field. Yes. And you use that nice hexagon effect, like, spreads out. Yeah. That makes a cool visual thing. And then it gives you, like, okay, this is a digital game, mm -hmm. but we're still kind of fighting. I mean, that feels kind of Yu Gi Oh! Like, you know, you think about, like, the way that you get it. You could sl slap a card down, and it would change the environment that you are in or whatever. Right. And so that would be a great idea to at least give a little bit more to the visuals. And then there's just, it's just a lot of work to it. And it's not, it, it, I've literally spent probably two, three hours ranting about it already. Yeah. And I can probably keep going for another eight. <laughs> I mean, it just shows that, like, you care. That's ultimately what it comes down to is it's like this is a game that, you know, to be honest... Before the pandemic, I would argue the online client was kind of an afterthought to most players. Unless you were a content creator and, and you needed a something, thing. Something on screen. Right. Um, but now that, like, you know, the pandemic happened and a lot of people have never played in person. And so, like, they start, they create their own online client. And you think to yourself, oh, are they really going to double down here? Is this how they're going to grow the game? Yeah. And I, I, there's no idea. Yeah, and I mean... My gut would say that this is not the way. <laughs> yeah, I would hope that they're going to continue the beta and just continue development time. Maybe even open up worldwide, just get rid of the, the, the Canadian-only 
Yeah. You've already seen players are going to get into it anyways. Yeah. They're going to spend the time to do it. Let's just remove a step, make it easier. Yeah, Jake and I were talking like, is the next step obviously a global beta release? But with the backlash, I I don't know. I'm I, if I don't know how Pokemon feels internally about all this because like, how, how how thick is the skin inside the team that's developing it? Right, and I've worked with developers, and some have really thick skin. There, I can tell you, there's someone else, maybe even listening to this, tell screaming their head off at me saying. Like, you don't know this, you don't know that. It's coming. The it's things coming, or it's coming, and yeah. this. And I, I try to stress that. Like, I'm not mad at the yeah. developers. Like, I don't know where the decisions have come from. Like, yeah. my own professional career, sometimes you have, you have someone who's not touched the project, but for some reason they can come in and they can dictate something, and then you're stuck with that decision. And you yeah. work with it the best you can, and you're just, you just sit there and go, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Go ahead and complain about it, but I can't, I can't do anything. I'm sure a lot of developers and designers on the project, to some degree, would probably sit there and be like, we agree, but our hands That's were kind of tied. Our, we're like our timeline or our budget or whatever. Right. And so at least on that side, that's why I always try to stress. Yeah. Don't worry about them. We can critique it all, all day. Mm -hmm. But in the end, we don't know the circumstances which got them there. Yeah. I mean, so one of the things a lot of people are calling for is like, some people are saying like they should just shut it down, go back to PTCGO, or start from scratch. Um, I have I have thoughts on that, but you know, rather than lead the witness, what do I, you think? I think you could either move it back to alpha, mm -hmm. keep it open, but now call it an alpha instead of a beta. Kind of do like Minecraft did. It's an alpha. There's going to be bugs. Yeah. You're taking a risk if you want to transfer over, or you could start new. But this is what we're moving to, and you can watch the development and ha maybe have some transparency with the development. Mm -hmm. Like, it would be great if that developer vlogs, just like come in and be like, Ooh. it would be great, but be great it would be great, but we're talking TPCI here. Yeah, that is, you know, of all the great qualities about TPCI, uh, transparency is not one of them. So, that that would be my thoughts on how to do it, and then refocus back on PTCGO. There might, there's probably way more background stuff that than we know that prevents that. Yeah, but that would be mine. I mean, I would assume that there's some sort of a contract with Direwolf Digital that mm -hmm. they chose not to renew. And, and like, look, you could always change a deal after you the can, fact. You, I, I, my job, we've had that happen. <laughs> yeah. we, we, tried, we had a project we tried to switch platforms on. We were changing from one, away from one company to another. It completely crashed, and it took a year. And so we had to pay, re-go back until I was groveling, like, please, we need your platform for another year. <laughs> and like, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I just wonder, like, I'm sure Direwolf is, they're a reasonable profit, you know, driven company. They would take a contract from the Pokemon company yeah. extension, but it's kind of awkward when you're yeah. like, you're trying to replace me, but yeah, with an in-house team, but I like money. Money's nice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll be interested to see it. I'll also be interested for those of you who also follow like Magic or some of the other card games, Arena was the online client that Magic released mm. year, a few years ago now. Yeah. And everybody thought, oh, is that Magic signaling they're going to move away from paper? But just recently, they have announced that they are going to move back to paper as the primary yeah. vehicle. I don't know. I wonder if Pokemon is, you know, in a very rapid way, coming to the exact same realization that Magic did where you're going to just move right back to paper and you'll have your client people and maybe it's good for promotion, but yeah, how much more? Like I personally, I would love a more online client because I'm not always able to go play IRL. Yeah. I'm older. I have kids, you know, yeah. I have, I have responsibilities. I, I like to jump on at night and play, play a game until midnight. I'm, it's hard to go find a card store open at 10 at night with people that are waiting to play. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also not like the most, I'm not like world champion material. So <laughs> I, I like to say I'm mediocre to good. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so th those people need the, the real, and they're going to yeah. be the ones that draw in the most. On top of with, which Pokemon has a real big thing about collectors. Yeah. I think that's another reason that like, I think all the people that clamor for like, we need like this client, and we need, it'll grow the game. And I'm not saying that you're wrong, it will. If a good no. online client will grow the game, but you know, the, it's like a drop in the ocean for Pokemon, um, which is like, all of our money comes from people who don't ever mm -hmm. play the game. Exactly. And 
how many other games can you say that? Like, I know there's Magic Collectors, but almost every Magic person I run into plays. Yeah. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! is almost always All players. players. All players. Uh, right now, Digimon, mostly players. Yes. I've seen the tricklings now. Some, of some a collector? Are, of a collector, so. I mean, it is like a 20-plus-year-old IP. Exactly. So yeah, you'll have a few. A few. But I'm starting to see that. And that's like the four, that's the four I keep, keep up yeah. on. So. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's the biggest issue is like the, the, the desire to have a better online client makes sense, but the budget for it is always going to be lacking because if, if you increased, if they increased the player base 50% or 100%, right. they doubled it, right? That's not nothing. And it's, it's a big card game, so it's a big thing. But it's like, you know, it's a profit margin of like 5% difference. Like, you know, you've upped your total revenue 5%. Yeah. Oh, great. I, I, <laughs> right. we, we did 15% up in, in plushies alone this year. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, like, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's definitely like a, um, a tough, tough decision. But I am, I'm going to call it there. Um, thank you, Zach. Any of extra plugs at the end here, wherever this part of the video ends up? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm always posting art on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, the handles on there are senior underscore doom yes. and senior doom. The, the, I, I, I switched from having not the underscore and, and, and the underscore. It's a weird social media <laughs> thing. It's availability, so mm -hmm. we'll put it that way. And uh, I stream on Twitch uh, Wednesday through Saturdays. Uh, we do a lot of Pokemon, a lot of art. And you run tournaments now. Yes, I also run tournaments, Saturday night tournaments. Uh, I'm now calling myself the premier late night tournament because I mean, I'm starting at like 11 o'clock Eastern time. It's <laughs> late <laughs> because I put my kids to bed and I come in and I start judging. Yeah, that's the West Coast timing. It's like it's 8 p.m. for me. Yeah, it's perfect. super late for you. Yeah, my kids are going to bed. Okay, they're in bed. Time to go start the tournament and keep going. <laughs> All right, well. Thank you once again. Check out all of Zach's things. We'll put links in the description. Jake will, I should say. Um, Thank you, Jake. Love you, Jake. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll send it back over to Jake to end up the episode or something. I don't know. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Thank you for that. I oh. really appreciate that. Oh, no problem, man. Again, thank you, Jake. Thank you so much for Sean and Zach for doing that segment for the Metapod podcast. Absolutely love Zach, love his work, love what he does on social media and streaming and YouTube now as well. So go check out Senior Doom if you have not already. And thank you so much for listening to the Pokemon TCG podcast. Let us know how we're doing again. Leaving a review, whether that's a you guys are doing great or you guys just suck, let us know. Absolutely would love to hear your opinion. And we hope to see you again in the next episode next Tuesday. Because remember, Tuesday episodes dropping. Bye. Have a good one.